listening to this week's Lefevre CFC podcast. Connect with us via our website, lefevrecfc.com, or our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash We hope you enjoy this week's message. I can't believe it, but Sandra and I and our family have been here a year. So today is almost our one-year anniversary. So um, you've graciously accepted us. You graciously have continued to employ me um, and haven't kicked me out. Um, but no, we've absolutely loved being here this last year um, and so excited for the next year. Um, but just was marvelling over this last month or so just of just the fact that we ended up here uh, in this place because um, you'd asked me maybe 24 months ago, you'd asked me 12 months out from when I ended up here, would we be living in Adelaide and back in Adelaide and pastoring a church in Adelaide? The answer would have been a categoric no, uh, but we just, uh, through God's leading uh, circumstances in Him, just guiding and directing you guys and us that we've been joined together. So we're loving being here. Um, so I'm going to see how this goes. What I love about my church, um, and when I say my church, don't hear that as a possessive, this belongs to me, like I, it belongs to me, take it as I belong to it. So it's a, a place where I belong. It's my church because I belong to this group. And I trust that you feel like this is your church. Um, so today, as Hayden said, I said to Hayden, probably less a bit, less of vision and the things that we're going to do and dates and times and all that sort of stuff. There'll be a little bit of that today. But for me, it's more about a reflection of who I see we are and some of the things that we talked about at our meeting and our leaders retreat of just about who we are and what, what, um, what, we, yeah, what we do and the sort of what, why we do what we do, those sorts of things more than... Um, a big vision of these are the things that we're going to achieve. I think God's leading and directing us um, and there's some of those things there for us for this year uh, but it's more about who we are than what we do and that's one of the key things that actually came out of this book. Um, what I love about my church, I'll just nail three first and then I'll get unpack some of them, others of them a bit more but I love the fact that we're a generational church um, and that for me this is family. Uh, so this is, we are family. Um, but sometimes family can be, so when our nuclear family can be insular, but we're a family that's an inclusive family, a diverse family, a family that is accepting of others um, and embracing of others. So, um, but I love the fact that we're a generational church. I love the fact that we have our all-in service and the youth run that. And I love being able to say that Alyssa's too old to be part of that at 18. She's not, not part of our young group that we're de developing through. She has to be part of the adult band. Um, so that's awesome. I love that, that we're with that. I love the fact that even today that you've got a mum and a son singing together on stage. I'm sitting there going, this is awesome. I love it. Um, and I thought, well, what would, it, what would happen if this place had just exploded and we were jam-packed here? Would we go for, oh, let's just do a, a youth service or try and split by age? And I'm thinking, no, I wouldn't want to do that. I'd want it to be, to keep that sense of family and generational aspects of it. We'd have to come up with another way. Um, healthy problem to have if we get to that stage but we're just at such a value for us is that we're family and we're generational um, and that's what we want to be um, so we talked about that at our, our team that we really feel like this we want this to be a place where everybody feels their family and they've got a contribution and a place to to be involved we feel like we're authentic um, 
And I guess that's pretty, if, we, if I'm saying I'm authentic, you're the judge of that or where someone else is a judge of whether we're truly authentic or not, but we want to be a place where, we do, where it's real life, that we're, talking, we're living real life together, that with real people, not the slick sort of fancy, but it's just real people going through life, Hayden liked the word messy, um, but that sometimes things are messy um, and sometimes things are chaotic, but that is life, that's family, that's uh, being real, that we're not putting on a show. We also love, I just love, what I, another thing I love is that we're a restorative, restoring, restorative community for people who are on a journey, that anybody, any stage of their journey can be part of us and I think we've proven that last year uh, without going into names and people but I just think, just this, I look back and think there's been some situations where you go, man, yeah, that person's on a journey and we've loved them and accepted them and I'm on a journey and you've loved and accepted me but each one of us in reality are on a journey um, and sometimes we're in a more chaotic, messy place than we are at other times. Um, but we just love to see the restoring power of Christ and community being part of that. So there's some things that I love about my church, hopefully your church, our church. It's us, isn't it? Um, another thing I love about our church is that we are gospel and kingdom focused. And that's one of the key things that comes out of this book um, by Paul David Tripp. And um, it's called Lead, but it, it's anything but a leadership book on principles of leadership. Um, it's actually about creating a, um, a gospel leadership community. So it's written for leadership teams, um, but the principles and values of it actually uh, are really, as we read them, we all said, well, this is what we want for our church to be. We want our church to be a place where the gospel, we're a gospel community where the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't just a gospel that saves, but it's a gospel that touches us deeply and then influences the way we act, we treat, and we respond to one another. Um, so some of the key principles that are in there, are, I've just jotted up there, and we bought a copy as a church. I think we got one copy, maybe two, um, but I encourage you, if you want to read it, this book is able to go around, and I assume, Dawn, that you're the one who wants to read it first, am I right? So can I give it to you first, Dawn? Um, because I know she will read it. She's given me a number of books and recommended them to me. So uh, that book belongs to the church. So once you're finished, Dawn, hand it on to somebody who might want to want to read it or you can chase Dawn down, tell her to hurry up so that you can get onto it. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but it's a gospel. There's 12 principles in this book and I'm not going to unpack each one of them, but it really starts out by setting, well, how do we define achievement. Living in a world where everything's about success and achievement and goals and that really defines who we are, it strips all that away and says, well, no, the gospel isn't about that. Uh, the gospel is a gospel that actually when we live by the gospel, we know our limits and we're happy with that. We're happy to live according to our limits. We're not trying to be something that we're not. We have balance. We, we focus on character rather than performance. There's there's servanthood. There's a great chapter there on identity, knowing our identity and who we are. Um, that we're a restoration community, that restoration is at the heart of what we do and what we believe. That, that's the heart of the gospel, that the gospel restores us back to relationship with Christ, but brings to us a place of wholeness and brings transformation into our life. And that's what we believe and want to see happen, that that is the gospel, that it's not just about um, saying a prayer and getting to heaven, but it's actually about encountering the life-transforming, restoring power of the gospel that 
brings change to our soul. There's longevity, there's presence. I'm going to pick up a few of those, a few more of those later. But that we are truly a gospel community. Is that me doing something? I thought we resolved this, but is it me? I don't know. If I just stand still and don't move, but then I get stuck and then we're in trouble. Um, so if you read that book, that'd be great if you read that book. But the, one of the key things of this, the, about the book and in the, in the context for the, a, a team, but then also for us, is the, the importance of each other, the importance of being able to have um, open conversation and that vulnerability that Hayden talked about, but being able to speak the, the truths of the gospel to say, well, when you, are you really, like, what, what's driving you here? Is it the gospel driving you or is it self? Or is it pride? Or there are these other driving factors that the world around us puts there, but we're able to say to the, look, talk to each other in a way that's just so real, that's so vulnerable, that's so accepting. And then when we mess up, um, we're actually, there's a place for us to actually build each other up and restore one another, that there isn't this pretense or pretending or show. Oh, that's what I love about us. I think we are real, we're messy, and we do life together, and I love it. Um, but we're gospel focused. Um, so we believe that the gospel transforms and the gospel has this power to impact us deep into our soul from the littlest kid to the oldest adult that we all need the gospel and that it and that is the message of Jesus Christ the transforming power of Jesus Christ to to come and to save us and rescue us and then bring about transformation inside of us and that that gospel is also then linked to being kingdom focused and we're going to do a series over the next couple of months on um, living in the kingdom but that we are part of a kingdom that the gospel when we're saved yeah but we're ushered into this amazing kingdom of God that is here now Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand the kingdom of God is here it's come and then when he asked people to pray he said well pray this prayer pray like this my kingdom come oh sorry yeah pray to the Lord that your kingdom come, your will be done. Not my will, your will, that we would be part of this kingdom and that as believers, individually, but also collectively, that we understand that we are part of a kingdom and we have a new king. And whether you're happy with that or not happy with that, I'm not going to um, jump on that bandwagon and politically, but we do, we have, we have this king and our notes are changing and our coins are going to end up with his face on it. Um, but we have a, a king that's a much higher king and we're part of a much bigger kingdom than one man that's got power and wealth and privilege on, another, on the other side of the world. But Jesus Christ comes and ushers us into a kingdom and says, I want you to be part of this kingdom and that we would live lives that are kingdom focused. And we're going to spend a couple of months looking at what that means. But I believe that as a church that the, the message tenure shared a couple of months ago Tanya Chesser came and shared about the kingdom and being uh, she talked about the taster spoon and going down when you go to ice cream shop you can go and get the ice cream of gelati shop and taste it and get tasters and uh, she talked about us being a taster of the kingdom for others and I believe that for us as a church collectively but also individually that we are going to live lives that are so uh, that are tasters of the kingdom for the people around us. And we're going to talk about that for, for a couple of months. 
I love the fact that we're a missional church, um, that God has given us as a local church a clear mission. And we believe in the Great Commission, which you go and make disciples of all nations. We believe in the Great Commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your body, with all your mind, and then also to love your neighbor as yourself. We believe that. That is the heartbeat of who we are and why we do church because God calls us around that. We believe that that's his instruction to us. But we are a missional church. So we want to do missions. Locally, locally, here, internationally. Um, so it's part of what we do. It's part of who we are. And I love that about this church and being part of a church just like that. So I've got the Philippines trip and the Alice Springs trip. I'll give you some dates in a minute. But music together that Tara runs. And... Um, Zoe and Elizabeth help her out with that on uh, Wednesdays. But there's a group of mostly mums with their kids that get together and uh, dance and sing and do a whole heap of stuff together. And I'm delighted. Like, you have that. And then you do, we go to the Lefevre where they have the community event and Tara and Zoe and Elizabeth are there. And there's just person after person that they know from the community who actually are connecting with them. So they're in, they're in the community. They're part of our life. I love the fact we've got Lefevre kids and we're moving it to, to Fridays, but with that purpose of to be drawing more kids in um, and they're going to do it fortnightly. That's exciting to me. Why? Because we're missional. We're believing that we can touch more lives and bring more people in. I'm delighted by that. As we've talked about, it just got me excited. Um, Destiny, you were part of King's Kids or the, the, the Kids Club here years ago, weren't you? At Taparoo Primary, when a group came up and used to run the kids club, well, I don't know if the church had started then yet or at what stage that was, but uh, that's awesome. Uh, Ron and Rod both got saved at that kids club um, and then a church started out of it, which is what we are. But Tracy as well? Tracy, you got saved as well, did you? Yeah. How exciting is that? that but that there's a group now that their kids... And others are actually wanting to continue to see that happen and to draw people in and that we're, we're, we're happy about it. That's exciting. But also that you would be missional. Those things are about programs and activities, but that each one of us would live a life that's missional, that we're thinking about our neighbour, we're thinking about those around us, that we're living a life where we're sharing the gospel and the kingdom with those that live close to us. I had the joy of staying at Hayden's place for three months and Bianca's place as well. Um, <laughs> But we stayed there, but just the connections they have with their neighbours, like it's amazing. Like we had neighbours knocking on the door, asking for oranges or these things, or mandarins actually, um, and different things. But the, just the connection that they have, of just that mindset of it's not just about me and my life, but the community where God's placed them, they're there living, doing life with people, and out of the natural flow of that is a sharing of uh, the gospel and the inclusion into the kingdom. So jump to the missions trips. Paul is taking a group to the Philippines to visit Marlon and Gurley on the 13th to the 23rd of April. Ron is going with him and Luke and Jericho and it's open to others. Oh, there you go. Oh, Hayden's booked his flights as well and Max. How awesome is that? So good. Excellent. And um, at just a little bit later, we've got a team then going up to Alice Springs as well. So we'll have the Philippines trip and the Alice Springs trip happening 
um, around the same time. I'll be taking the team up to Alice Springs with Alyssa and Malachi, who's head out, and I think that's all that's definite confirmed. Xander's pretty close, um, but that's open for, for our, anyone who wants to come along as well on that trip. So um, we'll go up there and run, run some ministry up there as well, which will be absolutely awesome. So that's the mission. I love the fact that we excel in the grace of giving as a church. And so as soon as you mention money, we can go, ah, why do we have to talk about money? But church, uh, we do. We're such a generous church. I want to actually commend you on the excellence of your giving last year. It was absolutely amazing. We saw an increase in our giving. Um, as a result of that, we were able to meet budget um, just. Um, but it is a grace that God has placed upon us. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7. Since we, you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. And you have, and I want to commend you for that. I love the fact that we're part of such a generous church. Last year, we met our budget of uh, $500 uh, a month to go to the Philippines. We were able to achieve that. Got tired a couple of months, but we basically covered it every month. That's awesome. We've got that same commitment. Um, we also raised all this money for a van that Paul's going to get to ride in um, up in the Philippines when he gets up there and just see it and sort of um, all those sorts of things. So we raised quite a few thousand dollars for that as well in the space of a month. That was awesome. That just that, that generosity that's there. Um, the reality is for us, as we talked as a team, that we have um, financially, if we keep going the way that we're going, we're right on the line. But I would love it if we could go beyond the line so that we had just the capacity to be generous as a church as things came up and we didn't have that, like being right on the line as a pressure point. It's not a major stress, but it's out there. Um, and there, also with it, that um, with the giving that we have, we're able to staff four days a week. Uh, so three days of those are for me for the church and one of those days is for Bernadette. Bernadette's job is increasing because of all the OCH health and safety and the child protection rules that are coming in and policies that we're going to have to roll out. So that's actually going to take up a significant part of her time. Um, and um, so that's going to put pressure on. So as a result, or well, not a result of that, but this year Alyssa is donating one day a week to, um, to help with PowerPoint, social media, all those sorts of things that Bernadette says, I don't want to touch. Um, so Alyssa's doing that this year, but um, it is something for us to just be aware of as well, that uh, we do have needs over and above what we are able to cover, and we'd like to be able to um, generously meet those as well. So, um, but we are a generous giving church, so, which is awesome, and I love being part of a church that is so generous. Um, and I know, for me, it's always been a principle that God's people fund God's mission, I know we can get government grants and we can do those sorts of things and they all add and help but at the end of the day the mission that God has placed upon our hearts to do as a community God asks us to to fund prayer and presence these are two things that came out of the book and um one of the, we use the word war that we're not living in peace times so this is probably where I'll go well what are we going to do this year I want to challenge us to be to lift our prayer as a as a community um, the, just the, the fact that we are living in a time where it's war that what Ephesians 6 verse 12 talks about your struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers against authorities against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms 
that we are living in a spiritual battle. And in this book, it talks about quite often the church thinks it's living in peacetime. Last weekend, I was in Alice Springs, uh, and Alice Springs is going through a tough time at the, at the moment. But just talking to the leaders up there and being there, you realized the devil's at work here. That, yeah, there's some things that are, there's racism at work, there's alcoholism, there's um, kids that are struggling with al- uh, infant alcohol syndrome. I think I got all those ones mixed up. But, um, but all of that, there's, there's governments that, policies that, are not really at work effectively um there's there's so many issues that are going on there in that community um and we need to pray for the government to come up with a strategy put aside their politics and just try and find a solution that actually is gives people dignity and is workable but just became consciously aware that the devil is also using all of those things to bring about destruction to human life to bring about fear and condemnation into people, to bring about division, to bring about um, an oppression upon people. And so we had a time up there of prayer, but I'd love us as a group to make sure we continue to pray for Alice Springs and the community there at this time. Um, But you go there and you're conscious that there's a battle on. Come back to little nice old Adelaide where everything's pretty much peaceful, that there's it's calm it's safe and you can sort of think well we can just take that as our christian position that it's safe and everything's good but the reality is we are still in a battle and that we would actually take a mindset of war in our prayer lives that as a church we would actually take that responsibility for the salvation of souls and the the moving forward of the gospel in people's lives that actually that is a spiritual activity and there's a spiritual battle for that to take place and that we would be people of prayer and that we would take that on and I know for me I've been challenged by this so six months ago I increased my prayer and the intensity of my prayer um, because I was challenged by it and as we've read this book and we've talked I'm really challenged for us as a a community and a group to lift our prayer so for the month of February from three to four out in the cafe I'm inviting you to come and pray with me Um, and we're going to just pray against the works of the devil pray for a move of God pray for salvations pray for people to draw close to and being drawn into God's kingdom so that's open to everybody what we do in March we'll see how February goes Uh, But I'm hoping that some intercessors will rise up, people who just are drawn into prayer and that we would have prayer groups and things happening right across the week at different places and different spots. But uh, we just kick it off with that one first of each Friday, uh, sorry, each Sunday at three to four, having a prayer meeting, which you're all invited to come to. Obviously, from the music team and those sorts of things, you've got all that to do. You're there, but we'll be in the room praying for you. The sense of God's presence as well, and that's so comes out so powerfully in the book Um, and we know this but being reminded of it of God's presence and he looked at the story of David and Goliath and then this can be found in 1 Samuel 17 and many of you know the story it's a story where um, the nation of Israel with King Saul and all the army are standing before the Philistines and they're going to going to battle they send out their biggest best warrior Goliath who heads out and Goliath speaks these words of judgment and speaks these words of come and fight me come and 
attack me, fight me, and I'll, and I'll crush you, I'll destroy you. And it's the size of this man and the words that he spoke drove intimidation into the heart of King Saul and the Israelite army and they moved away. They were fearful and they were scared. But Israel had forgotten God's grace the grace of his presence. They were making a wrong calculation at that moment. At that moment, they're looking at the size of the enemy. They're not remembering the grace of God that is with them, the presence of, uh, of, of God that promised to go with them. They've forgotten they were delivered and brought out of Egypt. They've forgotten that God's provision as they walk through the desert. They've forgotten about the promised land of milk and honey that he provided for them. There's so many things that they'd forgotten and they'd made a wrong calculation that they'd thought this guy is more powerful than us and God's presence, God, the grace of God's presence is not here with us anymore. And then a little boy turns up and his name's David. At this stage he's not a king, but he's just a little boy. He's sent with a message to check on his brothers, to give them some food because they're warriors. Um, but David has a different mindset. And so often as we read this story, we preach about it as about David's courage, David's faith, about all the things that David was. But really, it's a story about David's deep conviction of God's grace and his presence and his power. So he thought, this is not right. This is wrong. God is with me. God's presence and power is here. So he declares, I will go to battle. I will fight Goliath. Why? Because of the confidence of God's presence and God's power and how often can, has the church across the western world in particular taken a position that the Israelites took how often to be truthful I read through this chapter uh, 1 Samuel a couple of years ago and as I was reading through it and reflecting on it I said quite often I actually identify more with, with King Saul and the Israelites than I do with being David I actually I identify with them stepping back by the, the intimidation and the threat that is there. I, I identified with them. I think quite often I am more here than I am being the courageous giant killer that David was. And then I realized that in that that David's actually a picture of Jesus. In this moment, David's acting just like Jesus. The, the grace that I need, the presence of Christ that I need, the, the victory over my enemy that I can't win because I'm in fear, Jesus actually comes and gets a victory for me. So it's not so much about me being like David, it's more about me allowing Jesus Christ to defeat those enemies and understand the victory that he got for me. And as he moves forward, then I step into the victory that is won me and that's what Jesus Christ did on the cross he won a victory for each one of us an amazing victory so that we could be his children that we could be ushered into the kingdom ambassadors of that kingdom people of the kingdom that speak his truth that know his grace that are able to uh, be real with one another in such a powerful way but we are a group of people that say yeah we love the gospel we know the presence of God and we cherish that. Some off often we cherish other things, our titles, 
our comfort, whatever it is that we cherish, and say, no, 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 I, I want to cherish the presence of Christ and have that confidence that he is with me and he is with us as a church. Turn up here to church on Sunday and whether the PA system works or that doesn't work, whether the worship leader, whatever's happening around, God's presence is here with us, but he's also with you in your home as you cross the street, as you share with somebody, Christ's presence is with you. I love that picture for the end. Picture of us, like it looks beautiful, but I just thought this is a whole group of different colours and different things, different people. I wanted that as the backdrop for the whole way through, but Sandra said it just got too muddy and you couldn't read the words, so I deleted it and just put it at the end. But just that sense of just us, individuals, but as a collective, we're actually um, something powerful, something beautiful.